Florida Gators football is back, and we're going to talk about fall camp, some of the most interesting things, and some things I'll be looking for only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports at W H O L E and I N E Sports. Find that on YouTube as well and written work with GiantsCountryFSI.com. Also, big news. Today, um, I'll announce it now. I don't even know when I'm posting it on social media. I'm, I'm going to make a graphic for it. But we have, for this upcoming season, um, a, a weekly guest from a Florida Gator football player who's going to be here for, again, we'll have him during camp at, at some point. We'll have him every week of this season, and we'll have him after the season as well. And that is someone who has been on Lockdown Gators before. It's going to be Hayden Hansen, the freshman tight end who – First of all, it was a fantastic interview. You could tell he used to be a quarterback. Um, but he's also going to be in a tight end room in an offense that is so heavily oriented around playing t- around using tight ends and utilizing the tight end in this offense, where it's going to be really fun to talk about and kind of kind of pick his brain about these things. So that that's something to be incredibly excited about. I'm incredibly excited about. And I can't wait to get started with it. Um, before getting into today's content, just ask you a like, subscribe, comment, review. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know how I can make it better. Let me know how I can make it worse. And I will not accept leave the show as a way to make it better. Um, So, ha, there's that. But getting into today's content, yesterday morning into the early afternoon was the Florida Gators fall camp press conference because yesterday was the first day of camp. Today's the first day of practice. Um, So yesterday was pretty much just report and today was practice. Um... And yesterday after the press conference, I went live to talk about it. So if you want to do that, it's a much more in-depth breakdown of it. But today we're going to talk about three takeaways that I had from the press conference, as well as some positional battles on the offense and defensive side of the ball that I want to see, or maybe not even battles, but just things that I want to see here. Like press conference takeaway number one has to be discipline. Pretty much every single person. In fact, I think every single person that went up there spoke about discipline. And I mean, I think Mark Hockey put it best. Uh, Mark Hockey is, of course, the Florida Gators football director of strength and conditioning. Many people just call him strength and conditioning coach. Um, he put it best, but it was, I believe, paraphrasing Mike Tyson. And I'm paraphrasing him now. So we're playing telephone with this quote, but it's do things that you hate with the energy that you, with the same energy you do things that you love. And that that's kind of the discipline there of, making sure you're being persistent in doing all these things like working your hardest and things that you hate as if you were doing something something you love. And uh, Mark Hockey brought the example of, you know, on, on Saturdays, it's easy to wake up and know that you're going into the swamp with almost 90,000 strong and you're going to go play football and you're going to put on a show. It's not easy to keep that same energy on a Monday morning at 6 a.m. when you have to go lift or you have to go do whatever it is that you have to do. Um, so discipline was a big thing as well, uh, and not just in terms of working out, but also um, 
Javon Dexter specifically mentioned defenses going off sides. Uh, I don't think anybody mentioned the false starts, but we all know Kentucky last season with 17 penalties, I believe. Um, I believe 11 of them were false starts, if I'm not mistaken. So it, it was just horrible last year. Discipline was clearly an issue the entire time. And Javon Dexter also pointed out um, extracurriculars after the play, whatever it might be, pushing, shoving, jawjacking, whatever it is, just practicing discipline and not putting your team in a, in a crappy situation. To, just to lack of a better term, in a crappy situation, just because you wanted to be aggressive and you let your tempers get the, get the uh, best of you. Then also with Javon Dexter, there was a kind of big revelation there saying that he was the one that said it and Sean Spencer and Patrick Tony both touched on it, but that Sean Spencer, I mean, that Javon Dexter will be playing defensive end. Um, and that's an interesting one because, you know, that's not really something that we've, uh, that we've seen from him often. We've seen him do it a little bit, but, you know, now we're doing it at a full time and people are getting a little weary about it. But here's the thing. Here's the fun part about uh, Jerron Dexter playing defensive end is that his role's really not changing much at all. Um, defensive end in this defense will be playing that three tech or four eye, maybe four tech, maybe even sometimes five, but not usually. Um, and if you don't know what that means, picture... This is this is the offensive line right here. This is these are your five offensive linemen right here. Uh, this is the zero tech right here. This is the one right here. It's the two eye, the two, the three right outside the guard. Four eyes right inside the tackle, and four is head up with the tackle. So he's still going to be playing that three right outside the guard, which that's going to be the D end here, or the four eye right inside the tackle. So that's not changing much. Um, it's just because now instead of going with a typical four down lineman front, we're going to see a lot more three down linemen. We're going to see three, four defense. We're going to see three, three, five. We're going to see a two, four, five as well, or four, two, five, whatever it is. Um, but we're going to be seeing Javon Dexter playing defensive end in the same way where, you know, in Madden, if you have, if you play four, that's actually, that's the best way to put it. You play Madden, you play NCAA 14, whatever it is, and you're a four, three team but you want to switch to 3-4, so you just take one of your defensive tackles and you put him at the end and you use a 3-4 playbook, and he's still lining up in the same spot, pretty much? There you go. That's what we're seeing with Javon Dexter here in this new defense. So it's nothing to necessarily be worried about. It's not even a major change. It's just is what it is. Um, he, he's just got a new role there, and Sean Spencer was the one that was like, look, we don't, we're not worried about it because – all of the things that Javon Dexter does well will translate along that defensive line. All that technique, staying low, that's all the same thing. You're just you're just shifting a little bit. Um, offensively, we got a little bit of news with Osiris Torrance kind of being the one to point it out. But offense, we've been talking about this pistol, wide zone. We've been talking about that a lot. And it seems as though there's going to be a little less wide zone than we initially anticipated because, I mean, Osiris Torrance, first of all, was talking about learning how to power block in this offense. So so we're kind of getting changed. And I'd imagine that's something Rob Sale is bringing over from the Giants. Um, I mean, especially with, uh, especially with, you know, Cyrus Horns already being at Louisiana with Billy Napier and then coming over. The only change has been Rob Sale. And the only difference between Rob Sale now and Rob Sale when he was last with Louisiana is that he spent the year at the Giants. And, well, 
they kind of ran the ball a little bit. <laughs> so he, he, they would have to learn how to power block there. So I'm assuming Rob Sills bringing that over from the New York Giants. Um, as well as Osiris Torrance saying, you know, you're going to see more play action passing and you're going to see more deep passes from this offense than you might have been initially expecting, which is great for us because that's what we want to see. You know, we want to run the ball effectively or we want to see the Gators run the ball effectively. And then when you run play action, defenses are going to have to respect that run. They're going to bite in and you throw a deep ball. So let's see it all on one play. Um, We're about to take a look at some offensive positions that I'll be looking at, maybe position battles if you want to call it that, but we'll see. Um, But first, a quick word from BetOnline, because if you think the Florida Gators will win seven games or more like myself, then you bet the over. If you think Florida Gators will lose, will win six games or less than one, you're a big dumb dummy. And two, you're wrong. And three, then bet the under. Right now on Bet Online, the Gators' win total is set at six and a half wins. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information, not just basketball, football, baseball, soccer, hockey, tennis, table tennis, cricket, darts, uh, League of Legends. CSGO, not not just all that, but more. You can bet on politics, economics, financials. I just slam my hand um, and all that stuff. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Looking at these offensive, I, I don't want to say position battles, but it's things that I'm looking for at certain positions. First up, quarterback. Who's going to be our starter? No, um, I think we could all agree that it's going to be Anthony Richardson, and that should be the expectation. Um, So there's that. But I'm more interested in looking at the backup quarterback because Anthony Richardson last year dealt with injuries. And, you know, for a few years he's dealt with injuries, and we've been told, you know, it's different this year. But doesn't necessarily mean it's true. You can't plan those injuries, so you don't know. Um, so Florida's got Jack Miller, the third, who is of course the transfer from Ohio state. They've got Jalen Kitna, who's been here for a couple of years now and Max Brown, the 2022 freshman who was a central Michigan commit. And then Billy Napier flipped him to Gainesville. Um, interested to see who wins out there. Like I've said before, I'm, I am very optimistic about Max Brown and his potential success and his arm. Like I like watching his tape. I was like, this kid is way better than a three-star quarterback would suggest. Um, but also maybe Jack Miller III just had a rough spring and it was a lot of trying to get in sync with these offensive players that uh, that he's never played with before. But that's one thing too. In spring ball, we were talking about, oh my God, Anthony Richardson just flows with this offense so much more. And it's like, yeah, well, Anthony Richardson has thrown to these guys before. Jack Miller, Jack Miller III never had that opportunity, so it's new. I'm not saying that he's going to take the starting job. I'm just saying, though, I don't think he's as bad as it looked in spring ball. Um, Jalen Kitt is someone that I know the fan base, a lot of people are like, well, what if he could do it? NFL dad. So he's got that experience. His dad's also, I believe, a coach now, if I'm not mistaken. So he's a coach's kid, quarterback's kid. Why can't he learn how to do it? Um, do what you want with that one. Say what you want with that one. I'm not a... I'm not a um, optimist about it, but there's that. Looking at running back, I want to know who separates in the backfield. Obviously, they could all separate from defenses. I want to know who separates themselves from the pack. You know, who's going to be the, the lead running back at this point? Personally, my favorite, Naquan Wright. I, I think he's my guy there. Runner, receiver type. He can pass protect. 
So I think there's that. I know someone asked me to like do a film breakdown on them. I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll say that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can do that. Um, there's Montreal Johnson from Louisiana, a monster freshman season, transferred over to play with Billy Napier again. He's got a much better, um, much better offensive line in front of him now. But of course, he's playing against SEC defenses now, not Sunbelt defenses. So we'll see what happens there. There's Lorenzo Lingard. I almost said Demarcus Bowman because it's just habit, but he is gone. Uh, Lorenzo Lingard, Trevor Etienne. So there, there's a lot of talent in the backfield. Um, there's also Battle there who's new, but I mean, again, it's a wide open competition here. So who's going to separate? I think it's going to be Naquan Wright, but I'm not a coach, man. I don't make that decision. So I, I guess I shouldn't necessarily say it. Um, looking at tight end and next receiver, I don't really have any questions about tight end. It's, you know, we're going to see a lot of 12 personnel, a lot, a lot of two tight end sets is what we're going to see a lot of. We're going to see one of them moving to fullback at certain times and, and all that fun stuff. Um, but who's going to step up is what I want to know there. Not so much as with running back of uh, who, who's going to separate, but at tight end, who's going to step up? Because Keon Zipper is stepping into his first season expected to be the starting tight end. Then there's also Dante Zanders flipping over from edge to tight end. But then it's question marks. Um Nick Elkins is kind of thought of as a receiver type. Is is he going to find a way to consistently rotate into this offense? Uh, Jonathan Odom is thought of as a blocking type. Is he going to find a way to consistently contribute into this offense? Same thing with someone like uh, like Hayden Hansen, if, if he's going to be able to do it. Um, same thing with Arliss Boardingham as a receiver, if he's going to be able to step in there. There's a lot of questions as just to who's going to step up in this tight end room, and I'm, I'm curious to see what happens there. And along the offensive line, it's pretty much just which group rolls gets rolled out there. Um, that's right, man. I've been very open about my thought on the offensive line is that I don't even care if you don't have some of the better players out there. It's about how they gel as a unit, more importantly. And so who will this this coaching staff who has so much offensive line knowledge and so much offensive line experience and Darnell Stapleton played, I believe it was four or five years in the NFL, and he coached after that as well. Um, and Rob Sale, who just coached in the NFL for a year, Giants offensive line under him made significant strides and they developed and, they, and Billy Napier and Rob Sale have gotten guys like Robert Hunt into the NFL from Louisiana, got drafted by the Dolphins after a great senior bowl and all this stuff. They know that it's about the unit more than the individual. So when you look at NFL draft, yeah, obviously it's more important to see an individual. But when you're looking at building your offensive line from a team point, you, you have to look at which unit performs the best. And so that's why I'm curious to see who is going to be rolled out there come September 3rd. Um, I think in camp, we'll see quite a bit of combinations on the offensive line where we'll see Richard Garage out there, you know, his left tackle. We'll see Michael Tarquin at right tackle more likely than not. We'll probably see Cam Waits there a little bit, but I don't think much. Uh, Austin Barber's, you know, left tackle waiting in the wings for Richard Garage to leave. Uh, Kingsley Iguacoon, I don't think he did anything to necessarily lose that center job last year. I think he'll maintain it this year. Osiris Torrance at right guard. Uh, 
there's Josh Braun and Ethan White looking for left guard. So it's going to be which combination works best. Like, you know, we mentioned Michael Tarquin yesterday after the press conference, and it's like, well, if he doesn't gel as well with Osiris Torrance on that right side as, say, Austin Barber does, and you got to keep Osiris Torrance on the field, maybe Austin Barber gets to start at right tackle instead of left tackle, even though he's a left tackle at waiting in waiting. Uh, so it's, it's stuff like that. But we're about to talk about the defensive side of the ball. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Talking about the defensive side to wrap up today's show. First for me has to be defensive tackle. I initially wrote nose tackle when I was prepping this show prior to the press conference. Um, and then things changed when Javon Dexter was like, hey, I'm playing defensive end, um, which again, we know is still going to be that three tech, that four eye, whatever it might be. But whoever's going to be listed as a defensive tackle will again, still likely be playing nose tackle, but just defensive tackle in general, I'm pretty curious to see what's going to happen there. Um, Cause it's already a position where we were like, Hey, there's not a ten in depth there. Maybe that's one of the reasons that they're calling Javana D end and they're just going to go, you know, princely D end Javon D end and then the D-tackles and nose tackle. Because, um, again, I highly doubt Javon Dexter's going to be lining up on the edge. That's just not what I think we're going to see. He might be the last defender on that line, but, you know, he's not going to be outside the tackle shoulder often. Um, so I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not super stressed about something like that. But looking at nose tackle, you know, Sean Spencer yesterday when talking about Desmond Watson – he was glowing about how good Desmond Watson could be, but he was also saying, you know, Desmond Watson is working hard to even get into playing shape. So is he going to be ready for September 3rd? We'll see. Jalen Lee got glowing recommendations, or got glowing, um, I guess you could say recommendations, but uh, yeah, glowing reviews maybe from not just Sean Spencer, the defensive line coach and co-defensive coordinator, but also from Javon Dexter. Javon Dexter was like, they asked him, name two players that really stood out to you. Or they, they were like, who, which players really stood out to you as improvement from last year? And Javon Dexter said, Prince Liam and Maylene, which, yeah. And he said, Jalen Lee. Um, and when Sean Spencer was talking about Jalen Lee, Sean Spencer was talking about Jalen Lee saying, you know, this kid is, he's a pure technician. Like, like he is a technician at defensive tackle. And, and he's another player who can contribute. And we're expecting to take massive strides. And Jalen Lee... Sean Spencer said, like, we expect Jalen Lee, like, he, he took a leap in spring, and we expect him to take another leap now. Uh, so so we'll see what happens there. Looking at linebacker, it's another thing, like, tight ends, like, who's stepping up? Like, we know Ventra Miller is almost definitely the only guaranteed starter there. Um, Patrick Tony spoke about Amari Bernie, and he was like, look, Amari Bernie, you know, he's really coming into his own now. Um, he's becoming a much more well-rounded defender. He, he's picking up the system. He's smart. He's been here. He knows what he's doing. Then there's also people who, like myself, like I, I, I want to see Shamar James play a lot. There's a lot of the fan base who want to see Dewan Black play a lot, who I also want to see Dewan Black play a lot. But my point is that I've been clamoring for Shamar James. People want to see Dewan Black play a lot. People want to see Derek Wingo play a lot. People want to see Scooby Williams play a lot. So there's a lot of linebackers here where it's like, well, we want them to play because we think they could be good, but are any of them actually good? Who is going to step up right now? Because no matter how well you played in spring ball, that really doesn't matter at this point if you're fighting for a spot. You know, I mean, Anthony Richardson is probably the only person that's solidified a spot in spring ball. 
it looks like everybody else is still trying to solidify their spot. So I think that at linebacker, especially, we need to see who's going to play because we know that Florida is going to rotate their linebackers. We don't know exactly how much, but we think pretty often. Um, but who's going to be a actual starting linebacker for the Florida Gators and who's going to be the rotational types. Then finally for defense, corner is an interesting one for me. Um, it's one that we've talked about. I mean, I want to say extensively at this point on this show where it's like, well, we know Jason Marshall Jr. is a fantastic corner one and he's going to be our guy. Who is it that's going to play opposite him? Um, similar to Shamar James, you have me going, I want it to be Avery Helm. You know, I think, I think that his tape was great. I think that when you play in the SEC for a season and you don't give up a touchdown, that's something to be proud of and something to want on the field. Jaden Hill, who was supposed to be a starting corner last year, but tore his ACL before the year and missed the year. We'll see what's up with him this year. Jalen Kimber, who came over from Georgia. What's going to go on with him? Jordan Young, Devin Moore, someone that the coaching staff yesterday was praising, Patrick Tony specifically, was praising Devin Moore. Who is going to be starting opposite Jason Marshall Jr.? This is, again, a situation where we expect the corners to rotate, but how much will they rotate is the next question there. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators. Now make your second listen Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage for the best conference, including the best university, University of Florida. Right on Lockdown SEC for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work and video work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W H O L E. And I sports and find more written work with Giants Country of SI.com. And I will see you all tomorrow.